Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt Lift Eat Official. I'm Carter and I'm in the hosting seat tonight, replacing the big cheese himself, replacing Luke. And I got our new podcast editor sitting in my co-host chair. What's going on, Cole Reed? Hey, how you doing, man? Dude, stoked to uh, rip one of these with you, man, and have a good conversation this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a while. I, uh, it's it's always fun to sit in the back seat and just kind of watch all y'all do it, but it's always fun to to hop on every now and then. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and we got an awesome guest um, for this week's episode. We got HLE team member, at, uh, amongst many other titles, but Derek Demon jumping on here, T8 Outdoorsman. Um, thanks for jumping on with us this week, man. Yeah, stoked to, stoked to be on here, guys. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, amidst wading through many technical difficulties, we finally got it to work and now we're, we're ripping, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, bro. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, Derek, let's jump right into it, dude. Um, why don't you give listeners a little bit of background into kind of your, uh, who you are and what you got going on. And then, um, I want to hear about kind of your relationship with the outdoors and where all that kind of got started. Well, yeah. So name's Derek. I'm 35. I, uh, I'm a T8 paraplegic that T8 is just the, uh, the vertebrae that I broke. Um, when I, when I got hurt. So I used to travel the world snowboarding and I was doing that for about five years and was working a side job construction and, um, just so happened to take a wrong step off a roof and fell 11 feet and uh, land, landed landed on my shoulders with my feet in the air and my just folded my back. And so it's, uh, it was an unfortunate circumstance, you know, and it, it took it took a little while to get to get out of that because, you know, like I, I had my whole life planned out ahead of me. I was traveling, doing the snowboarding, you know, I had a I had a career lined up. I was becoming a paramedic and all that stuff. And for a habit to just turn off in, a, in the blink of an eye. And uh, it was it was tough. It was tough to deal with the first couple of years. I'm not going to lie. We're extremely hard. And But it's, you know, once I got introduced to the outdoors and finally got into the hunt, the hunting, the hunting lifestyle and uh mainly hunt, lift eat lifestyle you know getting yourself into the gym working on your working on your body and we all know once we're working out it's not just your body that gets in shape you know it's meant mental mental fortitude and uh so i've been doing that and just been been grinding away getting into the hunting lifestyle and you know just trying to trying to live life as best as possible that's awesome man and dude your, your story is commendable and respectable and admirable for a number of different reasons um you know i can imagine and i definitely want to get into it it can be tough to pull yourself out of um all the emotions negative emotions that you probably feel after going from traveling the world snowboarding to oh my gosh i don't I have no idea what my future is going to look like man but um it's good perspective for me i live on a small farm here in georgia and i'm not the only one who's worked construction as a side job you know trying to 
make a couple extra bucks, man. But like falls are scary, dude. And I just, it just makes me think how many times I've been on a roof or a ladder without any type of safety plan or anything like that. And just risky shit I've done, man. And Oh fuck, dude. I just, it, it just happened to you, right? Just a total accident. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Going from one day I'm back flipping 50 foot, 60 foot jumps and well, I'm, I'm 21 years old and go from that. And then I just one wrong step and yeah, life changed dramatically. Yeah, dude. Can you, I, I'm sure it's nearly impossible to, but can you kind of put in perspective what, what that journey was like going from that to this like super athlete to, I, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, what was going through your mind? What were, you know, did you think you were going to have any physical capabilities when you're, once you got settled in the hospital or anything like that? Um, you know, like for, for the first couple of years, I was, I was just grinding hard at the, uh, at the physical therapy aspect. Cause I, you know, there's still lots of hope and just trying to get back on my feet, just trying to get back to where I was because it was just, it was still fresh. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it wasn't just snowboarding too. And it was, so it was like when I, in the summertime, I, you know, I'd throw the fly rod and, a and a, some backpack gear and go hike miles off into the back country and get lost and fly, fly fish all summer long. So just, just trying to get back onto the, into the grind. It was hard, but you know, eventually it started, I started to realize, you know, like I, I got to start building a life and a career in this new, this new environment I found myself in. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was extremely hard, you know, like my faith, my, you know, the, the gym and the, the, the outdoors, man, really, really was the glue and that held it all together and kept, kept me, kept the dream alive for sure. Yeah. And you're not shy about your, your faith and you're, you're a strong Christian and I really respect it, man. And, how is you know your faith kind of intersected or interwoven amongst your love for these three things for fitness for hunting for the outdoors and for your your journey right so yeah in the in the new testament i don't know if you guys are familiar if everyone here is familiar, but uh there's jesus you know there's several stories where jesus heals paralyzed people you know and that really that really hits hits home into obviously, but it's uh it's strength that just just give me strength to believe and believe in a better and a better outcome and the opportunity that the outcome is just is just around the corner and you know it it, it may never come while I'm here on earth you know like I might I might be in the, my wheelchair for for the for the time being, but eventually, you know, like there will be a better day. And that's just that right there gives me the, the, the joy and the happiness that I see. Cause I would love, I would love nothing more than getting back and spot and stalking animals and getting into those high elevation hunts and fishing like I was when I was before my injury. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, here, it's a hit hit and miss, but it's yeah, faith. It's where I'm at. I imagine that in and of itself has been a roller coaster too, right? Like I have never had to overcome anything as intense as that. And I've spent 
several points in my life being mad at God for various circumstances and outcomes uh, that have happened to me in life and the hand you're dealt. So has that, you know, journey been a bit of a roller coaster for you as well? Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine. I can't tell you how many times I've had very verbal conversations with God, letting him know how absolutely fired up and pissed off I am about the whole situation. But, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's, 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 uh, peaks and valleys, dude. Peaks and valleys. You know, there's, I've had some incredible days that I would not have been able to have if I weren't in a wheelchair and met incredible people if I wasn't in a wheelchair. So there's, he uses things like it may, bad things may happen to us in life, but God uses those bad situations to, to bless you and bless others that you would never or never see happen or would never even imagine happening. So, and then, and then the outdoors community, man, like, I I haven't met I've been so like blown away just about the the outdoors community just being super stoked on me and just trying to get me out there you know what I mean because a lot of people in wheelchairs they give up and um, I I've seen it happen far too often and um, I mean it, it's a dark it's a dark hole and it's hard to get out of going from a perfect you know going from a great life to being stuck in a wheelchair I'm not gonna lie it's tough dude and uh. I've, I know several people who are in wheelchairs who are getting it in the outdoors and um, it's, yeah, we all, we all got the same mindset. It's all out there, you know, faith over fear. You can sit here and worry about it or you can do something about it and, and make the most kick-ass life you can possibly have out of it. So I'm, I'm choosing to do the latter. I love that, man. I just wrote that down. Faith over fear. That's really good perspective for life, dude. Um, Unrelated, but Cole and I were at a mountain archery fest event in Rome, Georgia, not too long ago. Um, and you're talking about how cool the outdoor community is. And Brandon Waddell, who I believe you know and you're familiar with math, uh, brought out a souped up wheelchair on tracks so that folks could go shoot these courses that they have set up um, at the math events. And I thought that was way cool. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, they're called tra track mobility chairs. Um, he had actually, I since so I had never, I had never been. I've seen them, and I'm like, oh, those are cool, you know. But like, they're really heavy. I was making excuses, but I I hit up half event on Beaver, Utah, hopped on my first track chair, and um, was blown away. Man, I was going over logs, over snow berms, through six inches of mud. And what was cool too is like most of my hunts, like I have an off-road chair, but it's manual. It's all it's all pushing, and it's all so that's why I'm I'm in the gym most of the time to work on those complementary muscles to help push me through the outdoors and whatnot. But at the same time, I still need I still need help. But with that with that track chair, man, no one had to lift a hand, dude. And it was just I was smashing, smashing through all kinds of different off off-road scenarios. So I'm actually in the middle and I'm in the process of getting my own here. So pretty, yeah, pretty stoked on those chairs, man. They're, they're rad. Dude, that's awesome. Like one of the coolest things I think I saw with, with the chair, I, I can't remember if it was Brandon or someone else in it, but they were going down kind of like these berms and they're probably like 
20, it's like a 25, 20% decline. And that chair was just able to go down and go back up and just handle everything. And, and that was just cool to watch and, and to see someone actually get to use it out on the course was, was just amazing. Um, I, I didn't even know technology like that even existed. So that was a first for me. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, they're cool, man. When you're, when you're going downhill on those steep slopes, the chair actually has the, the technology in it to lean back. So the, the chair, the whole chair is going forward, but the seat you're sitting and leans back. So you're not, you know, if, if you're, if you're the whole thing going down for it, you're definitely puckered up, you know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> you're, you're going face first downhill, but, uh, but being able to being able to to sit back in the chair and the same thing going going uphill, you know what I mean? You can you can put the chair forward so you're evened out at a zero degrees instead of yeah, tipping a lot. So pretty sick. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's pretty wild. How can you talk a little bit about kind of your how did you get into the outdoor world and the hunting world specifically, going from you know, snowboarder from California to Mr. I'm hunting everything everywhere all the time. You've, you've had a, you have a hell of a resume, dude. Appreciate you. Um, yeah. So when I was snowboarding around the world, I was, I was mainly focused on backcountry. Like uh, I wasn't seeking sponsors, wasn't seeking any of that. I was just seeking the, the most untraveled route as deep as I could possibly get. Um, I'd be coming across big bull moose. I'd be coming across herds of elk, mountain goats, all kinds of all kinds of creatures you would never see, you know, sitting indoors. And uh, I'd always had that passion in my heart to go just har- harvest my own food. And it, up until then, it was just fishing. But I, um, about three years after my injury, I got in, I told my uncle where, you know, that desire was and uh he hooked he got he hooked up a deer hunt with a buddy out in kansas who had some property and got to, got to take my first doe and man like so when you're like when you're snowboarding the adrenaline comes through long periods at a time but man when you're hunting dude and you harvest that animal it's a it's a dump like it just goes from zero to like you're shaking you know you got tunnel vision all one and it was i mean it was just a doe but it was my first animal and i was like oh my gosh like i'm i'm all about this so everything everything from here on out that can walk on four feet it's got to go so (laughs) it's like a vendetta man i love it how has your passion kind of developed and evolved since that like were you hooked instantly with, with that first doe hunt yeah, I was pretty stoked on the doe hunt. Um, from there though, it's it, I've been kind of moving on to, like being in the wheelchair. I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, you know, like it's uh, I'm not that big of a physical physical threat, uh, physically. So being able to hunt a lot of animals that can, and have a good percentage of taking me out before I take them out is what, is what my my journey now has evolved into and it's uh being in a wheelchair 
people tend to seek a, a safe life of comfort and knowing that they're safe and not having to worry about because it it's all on the back of our minds. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got hurt. I don't want to get hurt again. But I'm like, dude, like, like I almost died. So I want, I want that. I need that adrenaline, dude. I need to, I need to push the envelope, live to make sure life is uh, enjoyable. You know, sitting back in, your, in the safe, in your safety is just, you know, we're, we're out there to adventure. You know, we didn't, we didn't tame the, tame the West, tame the world by being, you know, sitting in the back of our little horse drawn carriage. Dude. We're out there, you know, take, taking it, dude. So that's, that's the goal now is just put myself in as many hairy predicaments as possible and come out alive. Yeah, I get that dude. And I think that applies to a really wide audience of people and how, a lot of people choose to live their lives, man. And it's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, what are you doing? Where, where, when's the next adventure? What are we like? What are we living for? If we're not like pushing it and, and, and planning and experiencing that and sharing it with other people. And absolutely, you know, what are, what's the point? <laughs> right. Yeah. Sit here and work your nine to five, sit in your office all day, go home, sleep, wake up the next day. And, like I, I don't know. Like I know people. I know people are content with that, but that's that's not me. Like I need to live life. I need to have adventure. Yeah, for sure, dude. Push, push the boundaries. Yeah, man. So, all right. I gotta. My wheels have been turning, dude. Cole and I hunt a lot together. Um, we've been. He started hunting with me a couple of years ago, and we've gone on a lot of hunts together. And he's the logistics guy. I'm not the logistics guy. I'm the Hey, this is how the draw systems work. I will find the animals. You need to book the flights. You need to plan all this shit out and get us there. That is not my wheelhouse. Um, You probably have a lot more logistical considerations involved with your hunting trips, right? How, How do you go about handling all of that? What are some of the considerations you have to deal with? So, you know, with flights, you know, book, booking the correct flights, um, a lot of flights that have layovers, the layover has to be an hour and a half at minimum because you, I'm the first person on the plane, but I'm the last person off of it. Mm. So I got to wait for everybody to depart the flight and then, then they're able to bring in the aisle chair and then I'm able to get off on my own. Um, so I got to deal with that. Then you get into the hotel and you got to have the hotel room. You got to make sure you're able to get into the bathroom, um, you know, because a lot of a lot of those hotel rooms, their doors are too skinny for the wheelchairs to get through. Um, take care of that, and then you're doing um, just bas- basically from on the whole hunting aspect. You know, you're I've so I've been blessed with the opportunity to do a lot of hunts so far on private land. It's the, the public, the public land has been, has been a little bit tougher hunts. Uh, it's mainly focused on water, water sources and food sources, you know, spot and stocking is pretty much out, out the door now. Um, not necessarily, I mean, you know, it's just hard to push that long at that period of time, just using your arms and then have another 
other people help you out and whatnot. But yeah, water and food. And then, um, it's yeah. And then I've been getting into long range shooting as well. So being able to poke out at farther distances than, you know, than you would just, you know, at your, your local whitetail spot shooting up to a hundred, 200 max, you know, if that, uh, but so yeah, I've been getting in the long range game and then I've been also been focusing a lot more on this kind of goes against that last notion, but my archery game, I've definitely been getting grinding, grinding more into the archery world. And once you, once you harvest your first animal with the art, with the bow and arrow, you know, it's like, you never, you never want to go back with that. Yeah. But with when I'm hunting in mountains and these these big this big these big game animals out west, if I'm not able to lock down like a secure water hole or a food source, then yeah, that long range rifle comes into comes into play. Lots of practice, lots of you know different logistics, man. But you make it happen. You can sit back and you can make excuses on why it wasn't going to happen, or you can go out there and and make it happen you know the the man in the arena will always have more respect than the man sitting on the outside of the arena wishing he was in there so what a great reference excellent reference had to throw it out there i love it dude i love it i uh yeah i make my students read man in the arena every year it's freaking awesome so good i love it so good yeah you have been on a pile of adventures man uh, many of which i am super envious of do you have like one or two i mean we could talk hunting stories forever but what is one of your most memorable uh hunting experiences or accomplishments that you've done i've, I've seen pictures of an alligator i've heard about uh, a bear hunt i've heard you got you've got a bunch yeah of see yeah i um well i had actually i just got back from alaska about um, four days ago, but I had become the first guy in a wheelchair to climb Matanuska Glacier out there in Alaska, going down from solid, solid ground and uh, made it all the way to the top of the glacier with min with minimal help. So I uh, stoked, stoked to tack my flag on that one. Um, how did that, how did that play out, dude? How'd you do that? So there, there was, there was, from like hard land to the glacier, there was like deep, thick mud, and they had a, a path, like a skinny path. And they helped me get over this path because it was too skinny for my wheelchair. Um, but other than that, I was just just smashing with the uh, yeah, with just my arms and just going over. You find a rock. The, the problem wasn't the ice, it was all the rocks and the debris that were on the ice. Do you know what I'm trying to like? You got to you find a pile of rocks and you got to put your front wheel over, then your back wheel, then your other front wheel, then your other back wheel. So it took, it took us a while. It took me five, six hours to get up there. And then when you get to these vertical spots of ice, you would, uh, you know, they, I'm forget, I'm forgive me on the terms, but they would, they would put a spike in the ground there and then they'd have a rope attached to the spike. And then I would, I'd pull myself up the rope. And then we go on to the next obstacle and then the next obstacle and the next obstacle. And you would just, you crank out obstacles as you come across. And then when you look back, you've, you've, you've crushed, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 obstacles. And you don't even, you don't even remember them, you know, like they seem like these giant, 
massive mountains in the beginning you look back and they were just little molehills once once you get to the top and uh yeah i don't know if you you able to look on my instagram but i got i threw on some videos and some a photo of me at the top of being the first guy in a wheelchair on the top of mountainuska glacier so i'm super pumped on that dude that is fucking awesome wow congrats dude that's so badass and i don't i Appreciate it. You were probably doing this intentionally, but the the metaphor and the literal climbing of the mountains and the obstacles, man, this speaks volumes. You have you thought about writing a book? I it's it's come across it's come across me, but um, my English two professor was a Marxist, dude, and he kind of <laughs> killed the whole writing shit out, dude, like. Damn comedy. I ended up bickering with him more than I did about learning English. But anyway, besides that, yeah, dude, it's, it's definitely been on, definitely been on there. And um, I've actually written down, I've written down stories about my injury and how I got from my injury into the hunting world. But now I got to start from where my hunting world begins to where I'm at now. And that's a, a whole, a whole nother book, but I'm definitely, definitely jotting down some notes and keep keeping, keeping the memories alive for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's freaking awesome, man. What but, um on, on the side of that with hunting, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, yeah, I got a, I was super stoked. I got an alligator with my bow and uh, was able to actually, the bow shot didn't kill him. It was the harpoon and I had to chuck 20 feet and I ended up sticking him in the back of the head with it. So I was sick. We ended up, so I, I was always looking for gator hunts, looking, 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 and uh they're like four or five G's. I'm like, man, that's just, that's a lot of money, dude, for, for little meat. Like I, I'm in it, I'm in it mainly for, for meat hunts now, but, uh, but we got out there and I met up with a guy. He's pretty popular on Instagram. He goes by Python cowboy. And he, uh, he was able to get a, a nuisance tag from the state of Florida. So, you know, he threw out a great price and we went, I met up with them and we went and we, hopped on this like 19 foot center console boat we get out there and we find you know we get out to the to the to the area where all the where the gators are and i i hadn't been able i had no idea what i was looking for i'm just seeing a bunch of bushes and stuff like that but once i first, finally got my first gator like and i saw what it was and i saw what to look for man they were everywhere dude like lake okeechobee florida has the largest population of like condensed population of alligators in the entire world and it was it was mind-blowing to see that many dinosaurs in one spot dude so we're going we're going and what we find we find the right one we he was he was a he was a giant and uh and we go and what they do is they get these rubber chickens and they wrap he had wrapped like three four hundred pound tests around this rubber chicken and we tossed the chicken out, opened up the bale on the, they had brought a, a two, like a tuna rod that you'd fish for like 400 pound tuna and flipped the bale open. And we drove past this gator about two, 300 yards and flip, flip the bale. And then we jig. You just bounce, bounce that shit on top of the water and the, the honed in on the vibrations coming up from the, uh, from that chicken on the water. And he went and, he smashed it, dude. He he ate it, and uh, with with the alligators, like from what I was told, they have this flap that covers their esophagus. So when they eat when they eat their food, that 
you know, the water, fresh water, what doesn't go down into their gut and their gullet. And he was sitting there, but then they, they throw their head back to throw that food back. And when they do that, that flap opens up and, and it exposes their esophagus for the food to go down. So this gator throws his, throws his food down in there. And what they do is they go down to the bottom of the lake and it dissolve in their stomach. And uh, once we saw him go down to the bottom of the water, we threw on the trolling motor and we slowly crept up to him. We got right up on top of him and uh, we're able, able to reel him all the way up to the top. We, he got to the top and I'm shooting, shooting this bow. And uh, I had, I had missed cause they're like, take the shot, take the shot, take the shot. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I shot and it actually went through one cheek and out the other cheek. So with alligators, <laughs> you're supposed to aim right, be, right behind the eyes. There's like a diamond right behind their eyes on the top of their head where their brain's at. Cause you want to make a quick ethical kill of that kind of an animal. And, uh, dude, he was pissed. He did, he did not like that bow going through his cheeks and this guy started thrashing around and we're, so we're, on, I'm pardon me on the boat terms. I'm not familiar, too familiar with boats, but there's the hole. And then there's that, that front ledge on the boat, you know, where you'd stand up and, and fish from that front ledge. Well, they had propped me up on that front ledge and my, pops was holding holding the back of my wheelchair and um man this gator starts thrashing and hitting his hitting his his 10 foot tail on the boat and just smashing us left and right and where everyone's holding on for dear life my dad's holding on to my wheelchair like every one of us on the boat was puckered and we're like oh my gosh like if we fall in the water with an angry gator it, you know it's gonna be sketchy so we went and then he went the gator gator kind of calmed down a little bit and we moved the boat around and the outfitter handed me the harpoon and they went and i kind of it's kind of embarrassing now but when i did it like i was like so like amped up and fired up like when i threw this harpoon i felt like a full-on like caveman and i and i yelled <laughs> like ah and I, yeah i fall on it and i chuck i chuck this harpoon Boom! Nailed it. Money, money shot. And um, it, it, it kind of when it first hit him, he kind of twitched a little bit and thrashed around a little bit. But then we were able to get him closer to the boat. And when you get him closer to the boat, they hand you what's called a bang stick. It's about a six foot metal rod, and it had a three fifty seven magnum round at the very end. And uh, and you, you you basically spear this thing and stab this thing in the in the, the back of the brain right there. And uh, that that bullet goes off and that, that that was it for that guy and he he rolled up to the top we pulled his mouth out of the water wrapped his mouth shut with uh with electric tape just to make sure if he had one last hoorah in him you know we weren't gonna get any <laughs> limbs bit off and uh but yeah then we got him on the boat he he ended up taking out at six inches so He's definitely, definitely a giant. I was stoked on him for sure. That's a big old dinosaur, man. Yeah, I got, I got him rugged out. Did Dude, you? Big old, yeah, big old gator rug. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped on it. It's at the, still at the taxidermist, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. I'm super stoked. That's cool, man. Cole and I had our first experience gator hunting back in February <clears throat> down in Florida with Triple M Outfitters. 
and we can't wait to go back. It was it was crazy. It all happened so fast. Like you're just, oh yeah, it's just like an explosion of activity, and then it's over. It's crazy, right? Yeah, like people people ask me, well, how long did it take? I'm like, not long. I want to say an hour because I remember every single detail that went into it. You know, yeah. I, I remember the the gravity of Saturn. Uh, you know, the the color shade of the moon, and I remember all those details, but realistically it is probably five seven minutes tops <laughs> tops like if that i was gonna say i think from the time we left, cool. left the outfitter like where we were all meeting up and, and got to the spot and luke took that shot on the gator is maybe like 20 minutes yeah. it took longer for us to because because the gator had sunk in this little pond and so luke had to go fish it with a oversized treble hook and and pull it out and i think it took longer for us to to have it calm down and and get it settled and and throw it on the back of the uh the buggy we were on but even and i don't know if this happened with your gator or not but it was hours after luca killed this gator that it was like still thrashing still moving still having twitches and like we would yeah we were we were hog hunting too and and you know, every now and then we were just here, its tail just whacked the back of this buggy and we're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what's going right? on? It's wild. Yeah, it was insane. Even after I put, you know, a harpoon and a 357 Magnum into its brain, this thing was still taking breaths of air about like an hour later, like filling its lungs up and then sopping down and then its tail would wiggle oh my dude you got y'all sure this thing ain't gonna just jump up and godzilla me right here but freaking gnarly. yeah like i remember loading up one of the hogs like I, I was putting one on the back of this buggy dropped it on the tailgate and the gator like had a fast twitch and i freaked the fuck out like i thought that was the end of me i thought i was done for <laughs> yeah oh I would too. That sounds like a killer hunt though. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, you need to come on the next one for sure. We're going to be back down there frequently. That place is awesome. Um, you, you, you let me know, brother. I'm, I'm on it. Oh yeah. And then a mutual friend of ours, Derek, uh, Justin Everly from Joe outdoors. Um, he told great me dude. you had a great dude. Love that guy. He told me to ask you about a bear hunt that you went on as well. He said you had a hell of a story there. I'm just, I'm dying to know. Yeah. All right. So we're out, we're up in Maine, about 20 miles from the Canadian border. We're just, hunt, we're just doing a, a bait, a baited barrel, barrel hunt. But the, uh, the local outfitter that we were hunting with, he was friends with the donut guy in town and he would get all his, his sugary donuts that were left over at the end of the day. Um, which made the bear meat taste great, by the way. Highly recommend <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, yeah, we uh, we got got back into. So we're going, and for the first couple of days, we had realized the chair that I was using, the shock system was really loud. It was like squeaky. So in order to get back into the baited site, which was probably a hundred yards back into the trees from the road, um, they 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 throw me on a gurney. Like you would use in the, like an army uh, medivac. Yeah. It threw me on a gurney and they hiked, hiked me in there. And while my dad was carrying the wheel, my wheelchair behind him and uh, 
we get out there and we're sitting, I'm sitting on this, uh, with my wheelchair backed up against an aspen tree and my dad's sitting no more than four feet to my left. He was leaning up against an aspen tree. So his back is up against the aspen tree and his legs are in front of him. And we're just sitting there. We just threw a couple branches over us just to, just to break, break up our silhouette. And, uh, you know, we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Come golden hour, that five o'clock hour. Yeah, we got a big a, a black bear coming in from our, our right to left. Not a big bear, 100, 120 pounds. A lot of those black bears aren't very big, but it was 120 pounds. He's on the smaller end. He goes over to the barrel. He grabs his donut and he goes about 10 feet to the left. And he's just sitting there. We're watching him eat, waiting for other bears to come in. All of a sudden, this bear, I don't know what the proper term is, but he just yelps out a loud bark. He's like, Roof! and we're like, what the heck? And this bear turns around 180 degrees and runs full speed. And well, what's down range from this bear running at full speed is me and pops. And um, every every foot, every paw that hit the ground, you could you could feel it and you hear it. It's like the thud, the thud, the thud. And the baited, the baited site was probably 30 yards from us. So this bear was on us in a heartbeat. Um, so the bear in his bear mind going through the perfect section uh, to get away, he was going to split me and my dad. He let remind you, my dad's four feet from me. So this bear was going to pinch right through these two aspen trees that we were leaning up against. And he gets about five feet from me and I go, Hey bear. And I screamed and threw my arms up just because he, he would have going that fast. If he would have clipped my dad, he, he would have just shattered my dad's shoulder. Um, so it was, he went and this bear hits all four, all four paws at the same time. And when he had done that, he, uh, he had, kicked up dirt and rocks and like just pelted me me and my dad just pelted all of us it was just our this rocks and dirt and we're closing our eyes and it was it was it was gnarly dude so when we go and uh when we go and uh chilling out and this guy goes uh he stops and when he looks up he's already spooked so his his pupils were already massive and he looks up at me and he's like I saw his eyes, you know, and he was like, oh, my gosh, dude. But and he stopped and he saw me. So he turns 90 degrees. Well, what's 90 degrees to him <laughs> is my dad. So this bear jumps over my dad's legs and its fur brushes up against my dad's arm. That's how close this bear got to my dad. Like it, it brushed up against my dad's arms and um, and took and took off running. And I'm like. And I'm looking at my dad, I'm like, dad, dad. And I looked at him, he's just staring at the ground and he looks up at me and his eyes are the size of silver dollars. He's, he's like, that was a big bear. He's like spooked. I've never seen him so spooked in his life. Like it was hilarious. I was just, I was just dying laughing, but we're I'm still in the field, you know, still hoping something else was to come in. And so I'm like, just doing it quietly. But then he, uh, 
you know, so what it spooked that bear was a another black bear, not much bigger, probably 150 pounds. But I had so much adrenaline pumping through my body at that moment that uh, that I I, I I smoked this next bear. I, I was shooting a seven millimeter mag, popped him right in his. I wasn't running through like the calculations of how far the optic was away from my forehead. So when I pulled that trigger on a seven millimeter mag, I scope slapped myself so good, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm leaking, leaking blood down my face. It's coming off my nose. It's all in my teeth, dripping off my chin. I'm just like, I got a big bear. And like, I was super pumped. I actually posted the video on Instagram. Um, it was just, it was just insane. But yeah, like this all happened from when the bird the bear first came in to where I actually harvested the next bear 10 minutes maybe. But it felt like eternity. But yeah, man, that was that was the closest I ever want to get to a wild scared bear. Not just a bear, but a scared bear, you know, like it was it was intense. Yeah, dude, that sounds freaking dangerous. That's wild. It, it, you know what pisses me off the most about that situation, dude? I had a GoPro on me and I left it in the car. I was like, oh, I probably won't need this GoPro. Dude, I'm Little. kicking myself. Every time I tell this story, I kick myself, man. So brutal. But it, it was fun, dude. Good, good, good memory for sure. Yeah, that's sick, dude. It sounds like you get to do, do a lot of cool stuff with your with your pops, which is awesome. I yeah, I was just, I was just about to bring that up. Like thinking about Cause you know, we were talking about your, I don't want to say hurdles, but like your additional logistical thought process. Um, is your dad, like your, your guy, like, like Carter and I, we hunt a lot. And, and like, is, is your dad, like, you know, the, the guy who helps you the most on these trips? Like, are you guys just like, you know, attached at the hip? Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's been there. I would say I'm probably 90% of my, my hunts and, uh, yeah, just having, I mean, I, I, I can do it all myself. Um, I, and I've been on several big game hunts, but just solo, but being able to share that with somebody, you, you know, you care about and where you can shoot the shit later years down the line and tell stories about it, it just makes it that much, that much more meaningful on some, some of these hunts, these fishing and hunting adventures for sure. That's awesome. And, and, prior to you hunting has your dad ever gone hunting like did you grow up in a hunting family no i've done done a couple couple quail hunts out in arizona so my uncle my uncle he's he's a he's a big game hunter um out in arizona and that's actually the first person who was able to get me on game that uh, was my uncle but yeah i i grew up a surf rat from southern california it was um I don't have any other friends who are really interested other than maybe two or three, you know? So yeah, just a little surf, surf bum turned into a ski bum, turned into a, an Fun. adventure bum. So, Fun. Yeah, <laughs> stoked. That's sick, dude. Uh, switching gears a little bit, Derek, you also, you spent a lot of time in the gym too, working on your, your fitness and, you know, working on your, keeping your body fit, dude, um, for these hunts, which everybody listening knows that there's a direct correlation there, right? It's, it's hunt, lift, eat for a reason, right? Um, working out allows us to hunt longer and better and 
climb damn mountains in, in wheelchairs, which is freaking badass. Um, you know, how, how has hunting and fitness played a role mentally for you in your life since your accident? So like I, like I've mentioned earlier, I, I use a manual chair on most of my hunts. Um, just cause the logistics of traveling one of those track chairs, those track chairs were like 500 pounds, dude, you know, like, um, so, so on my long distance trips, like Maine, Florida, East coast, cent- central California, not central California, central America, but, uh, yeah, just you know, I want it to be as easy as possible for the people around me. Like I hate being dependent on other people, especially coming coming from such an adventure seeking life before my injury, and then having. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I have to have help in some in some scenarios and some situations you find yourself in. Um, but I try to minimize those as much as possible. So. Uh, my emphasis is on shoulders, but obviously everything correlates back, chest, um, arms, they all correlate. You know, you can't, you can't work out one and not work out the other. You get muscle dysphoria and that's how you end up with injuries and all that stuff like that. So I've been doing mainly, mainly weights in the gym, but I'm going to start getting into more, uh, uh, different levels, avenues of fitness and whatnot like that. So I'm really trying to, I'm documenting a lot of workouts that I do and I'm going to try to um, team up with somebody here in the near future and put a, put a game plan together for outdoorsmen specifically in wheelchairs who have that, that mindset, who want to grind, who want to keep the dependability on an absolute minimum. Um, you know, cause we're all, we're all still strong headed that, that doesn't change, you know? And I, and I've come, I've come across a lot of, a lot of good dudes who are in, who are vets, you know what I mean? And they still, they still have that mindset. They still have that grinding mindset of going out there, going hard, charging hard, living life, blessing, you know, just going as hard as possible. So being able to do that and it, it keeps your mind busy too. Cause you know, the Bible says idle minds lead to temptation. It's not just temptation, but it's, you know, bad thoughts and, and having, you know, you start, you isolate yourself and then you end up thinking about the past. And then when you start thinking about the past and depression starts kicking in anxiety and all that stuff. So just trying to stay busy, trying to stay actively as fit as possible. And for me, my goal is just, I want to be an absolute monster, dude. I want to, I want to be a beast in the gym. I want to be a beast. In the th- I want people to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go hunt with that guy, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll do this with that guy. If that guy, yeah, let's go hike a freaking glacier. I have like my boy that I went and hiked the glacier with, he's training for the seals. He's in a seal seal training for the uh, JSOC, I think training regimen. And uh, yeah, he was, he was like, absolutely. I'll go out to Alaska with you. So we're, trying to go as hard as possible, man. I just, like I said, I'm me personally, I want, I want to be a monster, dude. So nothing, that's, that's what personally got me on the 15. I was just flowing through, flowing through the old Instagram one day and uh, came, came across the, the site and was like, no way this, this exists. Like this is everything I live for. You know, I lift, I hunt and I, I, I hunt to eat. So 
super stoked to be in contact with you guys. And then you guys are more than a blessing to uh, take take me on board field staff here. Too. So I'm just su- super happy to be, you know, be a part of the team. Yeah, dude, we're lucky to have you, man. And that mindset and men- mentality is kind of the, those are the folks that we attract. And, you know, this, when we created this team, that just kept getting proved over and over again um, with the people who applied. And it's just, it's so reassuring to know that there's other folks out there who have the same mindset, right? Um, who know that, you know, fitness and hunting helps with your overall well-being, not only from a physical point of view, but a mental point of view, like you were talking about. It's, it's everything, dude. And then you you can tackle whatever, whatever your glacier is, man. You can tackle it. That's freaking awesome. What would you, right. what Derek, what would you say, what advice would you give to individuals, other individuals with disabilities who want to pursue an active lifestyle um, and engage in fitness and workout or explore hunting, man? What would you tell those people? One foot in front of the other. Like um, countless days I wake up just, I've woken up in the past and just been like, I don't want to do anything today. I'm, I'm over it. You know, this this life sucks. You know, you can, everyone can sit back and, and make excuses, dude. But at the end of, at the end of the day, you know, like Cam Haynes has a saying, you know, nobody cares, work harder, dude. And, and it's true. It's like, eventually when you look, when you look down the line, you're going to remember all those times you freaking chickened out or you, you threw in an excuse when you, when you could have, all you would have had to do is put one foot in front of the other and just sent it, dude. And then you would find, you'd find out where you're going in life. And, uh, and not even necessarily people in wheelchairs, you know, we all, we all run across those days where we just want to throw in the towel and, uh, just live, live life, dude. There's so just make each and every day count. There's so many, so many wasted days that I counted in the first couple of years of my injury, you know, trying to cope with a new life. And, uh, I, and I regret, I regret those days, dude, you know, like I, I could have been way farther ahead where I wanted to be, but, um, yeah, grind, grind, dude, work hard. You'll, you'll get to where you want to go. And if, even if you don't get to where you want to go, you'll have your, your avenue will spider web into several avenues of opportunities. Like I can't, I can't even mention how many things I would, like I said, I would never have pictured myself doing if I wasn't in this wheelchair or if I never, you know, if I didn't give up and I just kept, you know, the way I keep, I'm keeping it going, I was just spider webbing. So now I'm finding all these opportunities and, uh, God's putting, you know, I've just got faith in God and he said, Oh, he works all things good for those who love him. So, um, just keeping faith, just getting strong and just putting one foot in front of the other. And I can't wait to see what tomorrow brings. Yeah, dude, I can't wait either, man. It's, it's been a blessing to kind of follow your journey from afar. And now I'm glad to connect with you like this, man. And I want to stay plugged in and see what we can do to be a part of that journey and maybe get on a couple adventures ourselves, man. Yeah. I'd be pumped. Super. Yeah. That'd be sick, dude. Um, what future, what, you know, what's on the horizon, what future goals, what future aspirations do you have fitness hunting, you know, advocating for, uh, other disabled outdoorsmen? What, what's on the horizon for T8 outdoorsmen? So me personally, you know, the, 
season's coming up. We got got an antelope, an antelope hunt here coming up soon. Um, what state? You know, we have a killer, Colorado. Nice. Yeah, Eastern Colorado. Um, and then we got, you know, we got a killer fishery here in Southern California. So we got a bunch of tuna that have been coming in. So getting on that. I got Axis deer heading out to Texas doing an Axis hunt. Um, got a, a cow's deer hunt down in Arizona. Gonna gonna go plug and play down there for a little bit. Um, trying trying to get it on an elk hunt here. We'll see we'll see where that goes. But I've been putting in the training, working on my bow setup, trying to maximize the kinetic energy I have in my archery setup. So. Um, been plugging away at that and personally or on a broad on a broader scope is uh just bringing bringing more awareness through being a better con content creator and documenting a lot of these trips and a lot of these adventures and whatnot and showing people who are interested in whatever app whatever journey they want to go that you know the different kind of obstacles you'll you'll encounter from you know, like I said, airplanes to hotels to X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. And um getting getting the just plugging myself in with other wheelchair hunters around the around the country. Um we're doing I've been in contact with several other guys in wheelchairs who also shoot at Mountain Archery Fest events. Nice. And uh we're gonna nice. we're gonna grab all these guys together and uh Brandon Waddell, incredible dude, super stoked on his friendship. Um, he's willing to open up a disabled archers division on um, on some of these events. So we're going to just yeah, plug plug and play and see how see how this goes. That's freaking awesome! And you know, Hunt Lifty loves much love for Brandon and and Math. So uh, yeah, that is really awesome to hear not surprised at all he's a good freaking dude so that's sick yeah right on dude for sure yeah that's awesome dude well derek it's been a pleasure man um we'll have to do this again sometime man and catch up on some more of your other adventures but uh cole you got any closing thoughts or questions no i'm just i'm like i'm pumped right now just like listening to to your story and and how you haven't let it just like, you know, be this ending hurdle. Um, you know, I, I think it's awesome that with your Instagram and, and how you're able to, to put all this stuff on social media, um, it's, it's more inspiring than I think people understand. And, and I think that's awesome because people are going to look at that and say like, Hey, you know, you're, you're fucking getting after it. Like there's nothing standing in your way. And, and I hope other people can look at that and be like, you know, this, this is just motivating for me. Um, so man, I, I got to give it to you. Like that pumps me up and, and I'm sure it does the same for others. Um, so keep getting after it. Like I'm going to, I'm following you right now. Like it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see, um, you know, how this season plays out. Stoke. Thanks buddy. Yeah. It's uh that's the goal. I like I like pointing out to a lot of my friends too, or come at me in questions like, "Oh, I don't know what to do with life." I'm like, "Dude, just take one step in front of the other." But you know, with my friends, I'm a little more animate and vibrant in my language, and uh, 
Like, don't let a guy in a wheelchair outwork you, dude. Like, look at you, dude. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> good fun. Good. Good. Good fun. Good banter. Good banter. But yeah, man, I'm stoked. Stoked for the support. Yeah, if you guys want to check out my Instagram, it's t eight underscore outdoorsman. There's a T8 outdoorsman out there, but it's uh, Instagram shut it down. I think I said something they didn't like back in the day. and then Whatever, whatever. But yeah, T8 underscore outdoorsman. Awesome. We'll tag it in the show notes, dude. Everybody go drop a follow. Follow Derek's journey. Show him some love. And as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Stoke, brother. Appreciate the time, guys. Thank you.